Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Halibut people and our world. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Thanks for joining us. We're in the deep of winter, trying to stay warm as best we can. Our Mi'kmaq people live in wigwams in summer and in winter. Wigwams were usually built by the women and could be put up in a single day. The basic structure of the wigwam was five spruce poles lashed together at the top with split spruce root. The cover was made of birch bark. The top was left open for fireplace smoke to escape. It was important to have the best dry wood for burning inside the wigwam, otherwise there would be too much smoke. The new year finds the Halibut people at a difficult point in our history. The enrollment issue is back on the table, and that's the subject of the show today. When the Halibut received official recognition as a band in 2011, it was a beautiful day, but the government of Canada felt they got too many Indians out of the process. There were more than 24,000 people on the founding list and another 75,000 applications that were not reviewed in the initial process. In 2013, the band entered into a supplemental agreement with the Government of Canada. That agreement provided for reviews of the new applications as well as the 24,000 existing members. Approximately a third of the Halibut's current 24,000 members live outside the province and it's expected that most of them will lose their status cards. Letters to existing members and to applicants will be mailed at the end of the month. We will know our fate early in February. The enrollment issue is causing anxiety and protest. There has already been one demonstration, and there will be another in Cornerbrook on January 16th at noon. As so often happens when a people are under attack, we're turning our guns inward, going after those closest to us, but not necessarily the ones who have the power to make a difference. Chief Brendan Mitchell says, don't take your anger out on me. Go after the federal government. Facebook warriors are working overtime, questioning the integrity of the current chief and council, and calling for an audit of banned finances. One person wants to form a Halibut political party. Band membership is an emotional issue. Unfortunately, our response is turning out to be more emotional than strategic. We have two guests on the show today. One of them is the organizer of those protests, Blaine Ford from Benoist Cove. The other is the man who's bearing the brunt of the backlash against the supplemental agreement, Halibut Chief Brendan Mitchell. Blaine Ford says the ban should walk away from the supplemental agreement, which he says is unfair and discriminates against Mi'kmaq people forced to leave their communities to look for work. Chief Mitchell says walking away from the agreement would only make things worse because it would prevent the ban from having any influence over what happens after the letters come out. First to Blaine Ford. The protest drew 25 people. I asked Blaine how he organized the event and who showed up. Thanks for taking some time to uh, chat. You have status. uh, I'm living in Newfoundland. You're probably okay. So I was going to ask you why the enrollment issue is important for you and why you're organizing uh, these protests when, in all likelihood, you'll be uh, just fine after the letters came out. Uh, To me... 
I live in a Mi'kmaq community. Uh, I do have all. Uh, I don't require the criteria for the point system. Uh, to me, it's uh, cultural genocide, and it's morally wrong. How can Ottawa or the federal government say who is and who isn't native? Um, now, let me ask you about how you organized this protest on uh, on Tuesday. You had uh, 25 people, which is, uh, I guess, a pretty good number on a cold and snowy day. Did you uh, do it on Facebook or call people? How did you uh, put it together? It, it was through Facebook, uh, and I think about 20, maybe 22 of the people that were standing beside us or and, and all of us were carded members. There was only maybe one or two waiting to hear if they will be accepted as a state of uh, status Mi'kmaq. And uh, did the Mi'kmaq First Nation Assembly of Newfoundland have any involvement in the uh, protest, or did you do it on your own independently? I did it on my own independently starting. Uh, Dave Wells, the president or chair, was there. Uh, Jerry Byrne was there. Uh, Chief Mitchell was there and counselors. They did walk. They did walk beside us. Mm-hmm. But uh, in prior to the walking beside us, I publicly asked him to walk away from the supplementary agreement because it's unjust and it's genocide to our brothers and sisters from far and wide. Now on that issue, he has said that if we tear up the supplemental agreement, we'd be back to square one, people would lose their, their benefits, and um, the federal government probably would not be all that happy and and might not be willing to sit down and negotiate again. So what, what do you have to say to that? If the supplementary agreement goes ahead, there will be lots of injustice and lots of court cases. There's only two identities that can change this supplementary agreement one which would be the Prime Minister of Canada, and second would be Chief and Council of the Halibut First Nations. If they were to walk away from the supplementary agreement, which is a binding contract, they would go back to the original agreement that was signed back in 2008. We as a nation or a band cannot lose our status nor our benefits they would be brought back to the table to renegotiation for a, another agreement. The only ones that have a problem with Halibu having 103,000 carded members is Ottawa, not the people. But uh, the chief seems to be saying that... Um that uh, there's uh, the supplemental agreement is a is a binding contract with uh, with Ottawa and what he thinks of it he might like it he might not like it but he's he's stuck so um, he um, he appears to be um, doing all he can to help people who uh, who might lose their status so do you think he's uh, incorrect with his interpretation? Chief Mitchell has been fighting for us for the past year and a half and has done more for us than our past chief and council. There's conflict of interest in that supplementary agreement. There is one 
council member that never signed the supplementary agreement. And the original board of directors of the F&I misled and never held a public meeting to inform their members that this supplementary agreement was to be signed. Therefore, they took it upon themselves to sign the supplementary agreement without any consent of the members of the band. So you were saying there should have been public meetings before they uh, signed the agreement? Yes. It was the councillor who didn't sign? Uh, that I cannot say right now. I am awaiting to talk to the person. I won't say publicly who this person is, but my hat goes off to this man for standing up for us. Sorry, I'm, I guess emotional. Yes, I understand. It, it's quite it's uh, quite upsetting to a lot of us. Is that person still on the council? Yes. So what what do you think will will happen now? The uh, the letters uh, will go out uh, at the end of the month. We'll get them probably the first week of February. There'll be many people disappointed. So do you think there'll be more protests, or how do you think things will unfold? The letters are already signed, sealed, and delivered. The people will receive them. They'll have 45 days to appeal their letters, which we all know it may take 7 to 10 days, maybe even longer, for certain people to receive their letters. Now they have a certain amount of time to appeal their letters, which we know or which no one will know what is on the letter. So they may need to get documentation. They may need to consult a lawyer, which will take time. I fear that all them applications or them letters may not get appealed because of the timeline. And it's unfair and it's injustice to our people. To me, there's going to be an enormous amount of lawsuits towards the government and our ban. Hire lawyers and go through the court process. It takes takes a long time and it's expensive. Do you think people are willing to do that? Some will. Some can't afford it. Some will walk away from it. The, be the, the best suggestion I can make to a non-status native or someone waiting for their status or their letter is to join Dave Wells and fight for your rights. Because to me, how is the federal government to say who we are? Now, I'm, I understand the, the root of the march was from, um, you marched from the uh, the band office down to Goody Hutchings, the MP's uh, office. Yes, I did. I, st I started at the gazebo in front of the band office, and we marched to Goody's office, yes. And did she come out and speak to you? She was not present, uh, and there was no one there to speak on her behalf. They told me she was on holidays till January 16th. And have you tried to contact her in the past about the enrollment issue? Uh, no, I have not personally, but a lot of the people have. And what has she said to them? Uh, that it's up to the chief. From what I'm being told from different people, from both sides of the fence, and from elders in Nova Scotia and all over the place, 
that they've talked to her, and she her response is that it's up to our chief. She seems to be washing her hands of the whole thing. Yes. So do you have any other um, uh, events uh, scheduled, or are you going to wait until uh, the letters come out at the end of the month? January 16th at 12 noon. I'm starting another rally, and I'm asking everyone, status or non-status, please come join us, voice your concerns, and be heard. The man in the hot seat is Chief Brendan Mitchell. I caught up with the chief uh, towards the end of a day in which a lot of the time, as usual, was spent on the phone with the feds on the enrollment issue. He inherited the supplemental agreement from former Chief Brendan Shepard, who he ran against and defeated in the last band election. I asked the chief how the supplemental agreement came to be. I want to uh, start... Uh, by asking you about the supplemental agreement, which is the source of the current problem. Brendan Shepard was the chief in 2013 when the supplemental agreement was negotiated. You were on council. Did the council know at that time what it was getting into with the supplemental agreement? Glenn, the honest answer to that question is no. I don't think we did. Uh, the supplemental agreement was negotiated by Brendan Shepard and the CEO of Hello First Nation at the time, and no counselors were involved in any of that conversation in the six months that were leading up to the supplemental agreement. In fact, we thought that Brendan Shepard was away trying to get resources to get the rest of the applications uh, you know, assessed and so forth in terms of money and people. So when he came back with a supplemental agreement, we were kind of in shock. And, you know, at the time, I don't think any of us – uh, ever realized what the impacts of that could have been, and we were probably it was kind of a rushed through thing, and I don't know if anybody really understood what it meant, and we won't know until the end of January of this year. And even the legal counsel for Halibut at the time said to me a while back, you know, I don't know if we really figured it was going to go the way it did, but the supplemental agreement was put out there. It was signed by Brendan Shepard on behalf of the Federation of Land Indians. And, you know, we have it today, and people are upset with that document. I want to clarify for listeners, though, Glenn, that the supplemental agreement was presented to the council as the only means, the only means or avenue by which all these 75,000-plus applications would be reviewed. Remember, at the time, we had a very solid band formed at 22,877 people, and all of a sudden, nobody expected or were very surprised by the many people who tried to get involved in this process, and 103,000 people at the end of the day um, claiming, um, you know, or claiming you know, recognition as an Aboriginal person and self-identifying. So in many ways, that was a very wonderful thing. But with respect to the process that was in place at the time, I think Canada primarily saw that as a big problem. You know, for me, I was glad that so many people self-identified. You know, the formation of the Halibut First Nation Band has been a great event you know, we finally, after all these years, got recognition. And, you know, Glenn, I make no apologies to anybody, and I've told this to government, I've told this to the Assembly First Nations and other people in this country, other organizations. I make no apologies for having formed Halibut First Nation. Number two, I make no apologies for having formed a band 
that the band formed with 22,877 members, and I certainly make no apologies for all those people who want to be part of something like we have today. So, you know, it is what it is. I am concerned, though, about the outcome, and, and you know, we can talk about that a little further in this uh, in this conversation. So just, just going back to the conversation uh, at Council in 2013, was, was Brendan Shepard challenged by the Council on the supplemental agreement? Are you saying it had been negotiated by the federal government a draft before it was shown to the Council? Yeah, the final draft of the supplemental agreement came back, and Council had no involvement. None of us at Council had any involvement in any conversation, no input, offered no advice, or were asked to offer no advice, and we never were. And and it came with a document that said, here's a supplemental agreement, and this has to go through as a means to allowing all these people to be uh, reviewed, these many 103,000 people, or what I call the, the additional 75,000 plus. This is the only mechanism uh, to get this approved. I heard that from Canada. I heard that from former Chief Brendan Shepard, and I heard it from legal counsel for FNI, Halibut First Nation at the time. And, and was, this is how it was Brendan, presented to us. And was Brendan Shepard challenged on the supplemental agreement? Oh, absolutely. Agreement? We had lots of uh, you know difficult conversations, and, and me particularly. I was probably the one who was most outspoken, and we had many conversations about what was going on and, and the point system and all this kind of stuff. In fact, I challenged pretty hardly on the point system. I thought it would be a, a mechanism where it would be very difficult for people who weren't involved in the FNI uh, previously to ever become members of the band because of the point system and what it meant. Uh, at the end of the day, understand this, though, Glenn, and the listeners, that the supplemental agreement was presented to us as the only deal that we could ever get these people reviewed. Otherwise, these 75,000 people were off the table, and they were, you know, they were wherever they were. We had the band formed, and it was over in, in terms of the FNI's involvement with those people in terms of their, their requirement to become members of, of Halibut First Nation. It's a tough situation. You know, you're sitting in a room with people and, and basically a, you know, a gun put to your head. But to get back to your further comment, did we all understand fully what was involved? I don't think anybody did, and I don't think anybody today understands you know, fully yet what the outcome of all this is going to be. Uh, and that's the truth of what happened. Now, there was a demonstration uh, recently in uh, in Corner Brook. There's another one on January the 16th. And the people organizing, some people organizing that demonstration say that the band should just walk away from the supplemental agreement because it's, uh, it's unfair and uh, for the reasons that you point out. So, uh, is it is it possible to walk away from the supplemental agreement and uh, and do it uh, in a way that's uh, that was better than the way that the supplemental agreement was negotiated? Okay, Glenn, that's an appropriate question. In fact, that was posed to me. I was at the demonstration in support of our members here. You know, people need to understand. I'm here to fight against our members. I'm here to support our members and support people who fairly should be in Halibut First Nation. And I walk with them to MP Goody Hutchings' office in a very peaceful and respectful uh, you know, demonstration there. Unfortunately, MP Goody Hutchings was away on vacation at the time, and I think she's back in, in you know, this area sometime in the very near future. Walking away from the supplemental agreement, okay, that was posed to me directly in front of the media. You know, let, let's understand that if Brendan Mitchell and the Halibut Council walked away from the supplemental agreement, it will not stop the supplemental agreement. The supplemental agreement was a legal and binding piece of business or agreement supported fully uh, of course, by Bill C-25 passed in Parliament uh, with the Conservative government. And by the way, still today being upheld, the supplemental agreement, and being, being upheld as a C-25 bill by the current Liberal Party. So those things kind of go together. So for, for us to walk away, we could. 
we can walk away and say we're not having a part of this anymore. We think this is a, a mess, and we weren't we weren't so we're not supporting it. We can't stop it, is what I'm trying to say here. But what will what will we do if we walk away? It means we walk away from any opportunity to be sitting at the table between now and when the new order in council comes in place in probably in March or so of 2018. We'll have no more conversation at the table. We won't be able to speak for anybody because we're not part of the process. And Canada will take this thing over and unilaterally make whatever decisions they have to make about Halibu First Nation and the people and all those applicants that are trying to get in this band. The other thing that's going on here too there's an indemnification you know, protection for Halibut First Nation and, uh, and for the councillors, the previous council and, and the new council. And, you know, we'd be in violation, basically, of our agreement with Canada to walk away. I mean, I'm not that concerned about that, but I'm trying to explain to you and to all the listeners out there that if we walked away tomorrow, it won't change a thing. The supplemental agreement and what will happen in January will still go through. We walk away, though. We won't have an option to be sitting at the table anymore to try to bring some sensibility back into this process in support of our members who are potentially who potentially may lose their cards and those who potentially won't get in this band. So, you so, know, so just reading between the lines of what you said there, uh, I take it then that you think that between the time the letters are received in probably early February and the time of the the changes to the Indian registry in 2018 over that approximately one year period of time, the bank can have some influence on, on what happens during that time. What do you think can be accomplished yeah, in that I, year long window? Thank you. Yeah, I think we have an opportunity, but there's an opportunity also for, for people out there and across this country to make some political noise to, to tell government that, you know, we don't like what's happening here. And, and until that order in council is put in place, which changes the founding members of Subhalibu, all the people that are in the band today are still in it for that time. Those new people that are coming in or may come into the band, however, they have to understand until that order in council is put in place, let's say in March of 2018 or whenever it is in the spring of that year, they won't get the benefits uh, of this process either until they're added to the new registry, to the Indian register, and are recognized in as founding members of Halibu. Because I get calls from people, you know, if I get uh, my membership, if I get my membership letter in January, you know, will I get education benefits? Can I save taxes on my next truck and stuff like that? No, you can't until the register has changed. Similarly, though, people that are in the band today don't lose the benefits until the new ordering council comes in place because they're still part of Halibut First Nation. And in that regard, yeah, do I think we have some time? Hopefully. Do I think we, we can make some possibly you know, positive changes? Yes. With our will and the will of the people that are involved, I think we can do something. And I just want to clarify this, too, Glenn, for people and, and listening here. Those people that have received benefits in this process from Hello First Nation, whether it's education, you know, drug programs, savings on whatever you purchase tax-wise, you do not have to pay that back any time. There's no recovery of benefits involved here. And I just want to clear that for our listeners. Yes. Uh, so you think then that some of the people who are get letters saying they're rejected or who have status now and lose it, that over that year-long period of time, you, be, you might be able to deal with some some of those who are who are unsuccessful in their applications or lose their cards. That that yeah, and Glenn, there are certain not, changes could be made. 
Thank you, Glenn. I'm not saying yes for sure, but I'm saying possibly. So my role and responsibility here is to support our people. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not interested in one person losing a card. I had a conference call today with Canada on enrollment. I reiterate through again, do not take a card from any way from anybody. I don't agree with it. These people were given these cards in good faith five years ago, so they're five years in Indian uh, status in Indian Canada, and to come back at this point and say you're not an Indian a status Indian anymore, you're not a member of a Halibut, I got a big problem with that. And I've been in many meetings with the minister, the system deputy minister, the people that I'm engaged with in this implementation committee, uh, lawyers and others in Ottawa representing Canada, and I say to them, don't do it. There's no need to do it. These people receive these cards in good faith. I'm really surprised, you know, and I'll list though, Glenn, I have to share this with you. You you call me looking for an interview, and I've interviewed with CBC Radio in Cornerbrook and Gander, and I'm going to do a television show next week. Why is nobody calling Canada to ask them for an opinion on why this is happening? And I'm really shocked at that. You know, people are coming to me, and, and people, you know, are after me pretty hard on Facebook and these other social media pages, but yet no one seems to be wanting to talk to Canada as to an explanation of why this is happening. And I've been asking Canada also to come out and tell the people why this is going on. So that kind of surprises me. So I would encourage you and anybody else involved in, in the media to, to get in touch with people who are involved in this file. I mean, first of all, I would probably contact the Assistant Deputy Minister of Indigenous and Northern Affairs. Her name is Joelle Momany, and she's stationed in Ottawa. She owns this file in terms of Canada's representation on this file. Why isn't somebody talking to her about all this? You know, I have no problem, you know, being interviewed with you, Glenn. I've met you a few times, and I've enjoyed your company, and I love your show and your program. But I'm just wondering, why is nobody asking Canada the hard questions about enrollment? Well, That's I my think thought. You, raise a, you raise a very good point, uh, and I think the answer to that is that you are – you're a part of our community, and the people closest to us get the get the brunt of the uh, dissatisfaction. So, and Canada is a remote uh, entity, uh, very big, and uh, and not as as approachable uh, as the uh, as our chief. And I guess the 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 representative, the the closest representative of Canada is Goody Hutchings, uh, who is just uh, a short distance from the. From the band office, but she has been uh, she's been AWOL in this whole file, and I understand uh, she's not been very receptive to anyone about questions on the oh. uh, on the enrollment issue. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. I, I did speak to Goody Hutchings, you know, a while back, and, and she seems very concerned about this file. And I mean, she has to be speaking on behalf of her constituents. If you consider for a, for a bit, most of the people involved in the Hellu file are between you know St. Anthony and and down to Port of Basque, and as far as Say the Hampton area. That's that's actually Long Range Mountains. Her her you know political jurisdiction, and she has to be also you know thinking about the people that are going to be impacted. I'm sure they're talking with her, and I'm sure she has some uh, concerns about the situation also. How much she can do as an MP, I'm not sure. And uh, but I do know that she is uh, aware of it. She wants to meet with me when she gets back home uh, very shortly from vacation, and I know she's already rep- made representation um, at Ottawa regarding the Halibut file. But now it's time for us, you know, to, to get our teeth into this thing and for her particularly to take some action on behalf of her constituents in the same way, Glenn, that I have been doing. You know, people think I haven't done nothing. I'm not on Facebook, you know, blowing off and telling people all kinds of stuff. I've been working very, very hard behind the scenes with those of us that are involved in this file. 
in, in conversation with Canada. And those meetings aren't always so pleasant, you know. And I tell them the hard facts of what I think has happened. I tell them the hard points of my opinion, too, on, on what, what, what's going to happen and, and what's been going on. And uh, they don't always like it, and I'm not going to stop. You know, as I said, as recently as this morning, I caution those people again, do not do this. Leave our members alone. These people have these cards for five years. For me, it's, it's unthinkable that we would, you know, give these, take these cards back from our people that had them. But, you know, we're caught into a file that, you know, for me personally, I, I inherited here with our current council. It's been rough. Trust me, it's been rough. We're going to still work, though, and try to do what we can to try to minimize the impacts of what people see as happening under the supplemental agreement. And, you know, people have to. I have no problem people becoming vocal. I mean, when they came here last week to do a demonstration in front of our building on the Majestic Lawn, hey, I have no problem with that. Keep it peaceful, keep it respectful, and, and I'll be there with you. And, uh, yeah, you know, know, what, about, what about people who live uh, outside, uh, particularly live outside the province? Because people outside the province who have cards are the most uh, at risk of, of losing their cards. Uh, and what can uh, people in that situation do? Uh, they're not there. They're not in Newfoundland. They're not on West Street uh, in the demonstration. Yep. So uh, what what would you advise those people to do? Well, all I can say to these people is, you know, you, you write to your members of parliament, write to Canada and tell them you're concerned about this issue. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And people have a right to speak up for themselves. People have a right to organize themselves also with respect to, to you know, getting prepared to try to deal with this issue. I know the Mi'kmaq First Nation Assembly in Newfoundland has been organizing for some time. They've been collecting money from their memberships, getting ready to have a lawsuit against uh, Canada and, yeah, probably the FNI. And, you know, we'll take those lumps when they come. And, you know, people just have to do something. Uh, I, I'm working like I told you, behind the scenes. People think I'm not doing nothing. I'm quiet. I'm not quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm very vocal in the places where I need to be vocal. And, you know, and, and that's not for me. That's not on, on, on beating, beating West Street every day with a placard. It's working and, and meeting with government to try to, to bring some sense to this situation and ask government to be careful with this whole process. What, uh, what is the impact of, of all this on, on you and uh, your work uh, as chief? When you, when you were elected, you had an ambitious agenda. You wanted to change uh, the way the, the, uh, the band and the council functioned. Uh, you talked about an urban reserve. Yep. So is, this, is the enrollment issue taking all your time, and do you have any time left over for the other parts of your agenda? Yeah, the enrollment file is taking up a lot of time, but we're moving forward with the idea of urban reserve and what we hope will be one day the Hallowell Business Park. That file is still in front of us. We're still working on that. We're looking at expansions of our fisheries program. Um, we're still working on the expansion of our education, our culture, and those teaching aspects. We're still going to keep doing the same things we have. But, yeah, truthfully, the enrollment file is a, is a lot of preoccupation today. I get many emails which take up my time, not only from our council members, but from local you know, members and, and band members. Um, I, I, as I said earlier, I don't spend time on Facebook, but people do tell me sometimes Facebook is a, a rough place. you know. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it, there can be a preoccupation with enrollment, but we have other things in front of us that we have to be working on also. And we, we haven't lost sight of the need to keep band, band programs up and keep working on positive initiatives in the 2017. And, you know, and we'll get through this file, too, and, you know, it'll, it'll take some time. 
Um, who knows how long all this will last. I, I'm expecting there will be court cases, and, you know, it will go on for some time, I'm certain, before it's all resolved. But I'm asking Canada right now to, to mitigate the impacts or a need for all of that by working with us closely to try to fix this file up a little bit. Well, thank you, Chief, uh, very much, and um, good luck uh, to you and to us over the next uh, few months. Thank you, Glenn. You know, we're going to keep working away, and I just want to say thank you also for your program. I've, I've listened to a number of your interviews now, and I enjoy what you're doing. I enjoy the programs that you're providing, so you keep up the good work also, and we look forward to you seeing you back again at one of our council meetings. Thank you very much. All right, Glenn. All the best. Chief Brenda Mitchell. As I mentioned, there will be another protest on January the 16th and no doubt lots of online back and forth between now and then. Let's remember to keep the discussion respectful. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And the next Halibu Bank Council meeting will be in Stephenville on February the 11th. We probably will get an update at that time on the results of the enrollment process, who's in and who's out. Mi'kmaq Matters will be there. And that's it for the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Allison Baker for our technical assistance here in the studio. Thanks also to Halibu artist Marcus Goss for permission to use Celebration Time. Follow us on Twitter at Mi'kmaq Matters. That's M-I-Q-M-A-Q Matters. Check us out online, mi'kmaq-matters.blogspot.ca. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. This is Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.